So I want to highlight one issue that is related to uh, the portion you're referring to in Vayechi of last week's portion. And we made some reference to this before, but I want to try to pull it now close circle. And we made reference to the fact that Jacob blesses and prophesizes about the future of each of the tribes. And about Judah, he declared, Lo yasr shevet me Yehuda, the scepter shall never leave the hands of Judah. And we commented at the time that that means that the monarchy was going to be within the family of Judah, and at least from the time of King David, to remain exclusively in the hands of Judah. David and his descendants, down to the Mashiach, who has to be a descendant of King David, that's all from Judah and related to this declaration of Jacob, the, the scepter shall never leave the hands of Judah. And we had shared a few weeks ago when we dealt with Hanukkah, the great tragedy of the fact that there is nobody on the planet today who claims to be a descendant of the family of the Maccabees, the famed Hashemunai family. And the Talmud says if somebody does make such a claim, you know that it's a major challenge to their yichas, to their lineage, because it's impossible. Uh, they can't really be a Jewish descendant of the family of the Hashemunai. They were all annihilated. With the vast majority of their being annihilated happening at the period in the hands of Herod, Hordus, who killed off any threat to his usurping of the throne, and he was not naturally born within the, uh, the ranks of, of Israel, an Edomite, uh, and his father, Antipater, who had manipulated into power with uh, you know, the union he had made with Rome, and, and Hordus, Herod is put into position. Hordus kills off any potential competition, including his two sons, because since they're, quote-unquote, heirs to my throne, they may have their eyes on the throne. He kills them. He kills hosts of people, including anybody who had Hashmonai lineage, which of course included his wife. Um, and the last woman alive who was from that family, when she realized that he'd want to marry her, killed herself. And that was it. They were gone. And when trying to understand outside of the historical phenomena of their annihilation? How do we understand the spiritual reality of their... How could this be? The family that had heroically fought the Hanukkah fight and, and restored the temple and battled against the Greek culture, how could they deserve such a tragic end? So I believe back then, in the class we gave uh, prior the end of Hanukkah, we shared the approach of Nachmanides, Ramban, who ties it to the comment we just made about the portion, about the scepter having to remain in the hands of Judah. The Maccabee family, after successfully waging their war, took the throne and should have then turned it over to the family of Judah, but did not. And we can imagine what was going through their minds, that initially they had to take that throne, they had to take back the control of the land, and how important it is that people of our spiritual orientation and of our leadership skill and of our passion for Jewish control and sovereignty are going to have that throne. But there was a point in time when they should have said, okay, we have all that, but now let's kind of ally with some descendant of the proper family of the monarchy and pull them back to the throne and we'll be the support staff, we'll be on the sidelines and clouded by some type of a whether it was a, a, a bias or a, 
uh, a touch of a ego or a pride or, or whatever that comfort was in maintaining the monarchy, they held on to the monarchy too long and then beyond too long and far too long, and they were guilty of violating this Lo Yasser Shevet Mihuda, this verse uh, declared by Jacob. And just worth noting, I believe, we talk a lot about a person trying to accomplish and the sky's the limit and break the glass ceilings and, and just keep going and, and achieving greatness. But sometimes the test is, is it my greatness? Is that my best next step? You know, is this uh, display of my, nothing's going to stop me. I'm going to be, uh, assert my, uh, my talent and, and do that with a vision that this is somehow appropriate for Israel. But am I playing my best role or am I playing somebody else's best role? If it's somebody else's best role and not my best role, then it's not best. Right, so uh, being great and accomplishing somebody else's accomplishment isn't my greatest accomplishment. So it's a, it's a fascinating test to have, and they, they're dealing with it now on a, on a national and really on a cosmic level. But we all have it. We all have situations where right, I'm going to put in that energy, I'm going to push forth, I'm going to persevere. All sound beautiful. But if I'm doing that to accomplish what really is not my scope, it's, it's not where I should be focused, uh, it can really be unbalanced and actually be a great mistake. So it's, it's a lesson in balancing like that fervor and that passion and that desire to accomplish and to achieve. But it has to be right. If we're going to achieve excellence, it's got to be our excellence.